Hi, I'm Camille. Hi, I'm Harini. And this is The News Podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of The News Podcast. Uh, Today we're really lucky to have Annabelle talking to us again, this time about ESG and all of the tangible results of feminism because we all sometimes need a little bit of a reminder of all the actual concrete ways that we can make a difference as individuals. Annabelle, if you want to tell us a little bit of what ESG is. Hi, yeah, so disclaimer, um, I have basically no legal knowledge. I just happen to have discovered the fact that um, essentially ESG stands for environmental, social and governance law and it's an area of law and business that addresses the desire for companies and businesses to appear to be socially and environmentally aware and obviously they have to back that up with some actual you know reform because of the increasing pressure from investors and the public to have their companies be held accountable for that sort of thing so we obviously I think you know as young people who use the internet see a lot of activism about the environment and about feminism and racism and these kinds of things especially in recent years that's really sort of been very present online and you know in the news but sometimes it can feel like it's a drop in the ocean and everything that you're doing isn't necessarily making a massive impact or that big companies will always have all the power because they have the money and they have the resources and that people like us can't necessarily put any pressure on them but that's something that I found really interesting about this area of um, law and about business and investing because it just shows that sometimes you know down the line that amount of public pressure can have an impact both in politics and in business. Yeah. So the first thing I was going to do is find a couple of quotes from an article by Rachel Richardson and Riley Forson about um, ESG in the UK in the last couple of years, in which they basically define the situation in a really helpful way as somebody who doesn't understand a lot about it. So they said um, that investors and asset managers in the UK are increasingly focusing on ESG, which in recent years has moved from a hot topic in the UK to a critical expectation of investors. So that to me is very reassuring and encouraging. They wrote, while it is clearly an oversimplification to divide ESG consciousness purely into categories based on age, younger investors and other stakeholders have tended to place greater importance on, for example, climate change, global warming, social justice, biodiversity and other non-financial imperatives than their predecessors did. So this is the kind of thing where maybe we're not old enough to have, you know, the finances to invest in things in like the traditional sense. But every day we vote with our wallets in the brands that we choose to shop. I'm sure we've all seen lots of stuff about um, the ethics of places like Shein. And so we choose to buy our clothes from different places based on the social impact and the environmental impact of different clothing brands. So that kind of thing might feel like a tiny movement but or a tiny step in a movement. But the overall impact is that companies are beginning to think about what the public thinks about their social impact and their environmental impact, which I think is really interesting. So the same applies, for example, to banking. And I don't know if, you know, that our listeners have experienced this, but um, whether banks invest in fossil fuels or arms or unethical investments that maybe our generation are less interested in, you know, finding our money going to those areas. Other banks are advertising their green investment and the fact that they don't invest in fossil fuels or they don't invest in weapons or anything like this. And I think younger generations are choosing 
where to place their money based on those values. And it's obvious from this article that that's starting to have an impact on how businesses want to operate. So that was interesting. I thought that they mentioned the age gap and the fact that our generation is increasingly gaining power in this area and that we're making an impact already. And they continue by saying, given the inevitability of wealth transfer to these generations over time, as well as a desire to move and be seen to move with the time, organizations have been driven to act competitively in demonstrating their ESG credentials, which I think is interesting because it looks like now companies are having to compete for the approval of millennials, millennials and Gen Z, which I think is a brilliant place to be. And it goes to show how it doesn't feel like maybe as an individual, you have a lot of power over them, but as a generation, the power is actually in our hands because collectively where we choose to shop and where we choose to invest can have a massive difference. And it adds up in terms of literal cash flow into certain areas so this got me thinking about like where we already have a voice and where we already have a vote basically as an individual and then as a collective generation so on the one hand where your money goes where you spend you know just your money in your spare time or where you choose to bank or this kind of thing already we've discussed has a lot of impact but also who you call out online who you choose to follow who you don't follow where your likes are placed will affect whether those influencers or creators for example gain more money from ad revenue or whether they become more or less popular and it shows a trend of what the public want to see or don't want to see and the more you vote with your you know internet footprint or your financial footprint the more the trend is seen by the people who make money for those companies and they can choose to invest in things that align with your moral and social values. The article mentions our generation pushing for maternity and paternity leave within their companies. So even within the place that you work, or for example, the university that you go to, there are policies that you can back or that you can put pressure on leadership to address as long as we work collectively and every person stands up for what they will and won't tolerate and where they will and won't invest their time and money. And the same obviously applies to your political vote. It might just be one vote, but everybody in the country has the power to add up the numbers for whatever party they choose to vote for. And even if that's a party that doesn't win an election, it puts pressure on whichever political party is in power to address the issues that are bringing votes to different parties. So... Yeah, I just think it's uh, it's encouraging that even though it's a tiny vote, all of us collectively can make quite a big impact on big corporations and powers that seem slightly out of our reach. So yeah, they continue by saying that the younger, more ESG conscious generations are also making up an increasing proportion of the workforce in large UK corporates, which for people at university, that's going to be you soon, <laughs> so, um, is worth looking into. Often encouraging or forcing organisations to strengthen their ESG measures, such as better employee benefits, for example, maternity and paternity leave, which is what they mentioned before, which I think is really interesting. So that's that was something that I wanted to share because it's a little bit of positive news. And also goes to show how collective power can put pressure on the people who are currently in charge, even if it seems that our values don't necessarily align another way. So the other thing I wanted to bring up was the Positive News magazine, which is a magazine that essentially um, focuses on, as it says in title, positive news. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to ignore the issues that are going on in the world. But basically, their aim is to address and publicize ways in which um, activism has been successful, or positive things have come out of 
difficult situations to celebrate the hard work that people put into those successes and also to encourage people to keep hoping and trying to make a change in the world. And one of the social events that they mentioned in their positive roundup of what went right in 2022 is the progress on female representation, specifically in Scotland, which became the first country to guarantee a right to free period, which I thought was an interesting one to bring up because that is the work that a lot of companies and charities have been trying to push for quite a while, for decades. Um, And it's really positive to see that that's actually been put into law by the people who are in power. So for a really long time, that's something that maybe we might have said at school, like, isn't it ridiculous that you still have to pay for a tampon and the tampon tax is ridiculous. And we've seen headlines about how unfair it is. And we've also seen the work of charities and activists calling it out and saying that the government needs to do something about it. But I think it's really positive that after all that time, a government has listened and has put it into law. And in fact, they've uh, quoted the Labour MP, um, Monica Lennon, who campaigned for the legislation, who said, this is another big milestone for period dignity campaigners and grassroots movement, which shows the difference that progressive and bold political choices can make. And that's something that I think that we are going to be very happy about (laughs) um, and can be proud of um, the fact that she's directly congratulated activists and normal people who have carried on hoping for that and working for that kind of change, because eventually, collectively, we can have quite a big impact. I love that. I think it's so important to say, especially because I feel like I can completely understand why as being on the wrong end of things like misogyny or be it racism, xenophobia, whatever kind of issue it is, there's 101 reasons why you would feel like things are never going to get better and they're all completely valid. But I feel like sometimes we need to question whether that discourse is actually coming from us or if it's coming from people actually excusing it, like things like, oh, that's always it's always been that way isn't the sound of someone trying to change it so I feel like it's really important to actually talk about all the positive things because I think that part of the reason that we get told so much through the media or through like an older generation through society or whatever that like things have always been xyz way or things like for example the period thing like for me that was such a symbol of our teenage years as women never was it something that I thought would actually be made the law because I just didn't think that anyone cared about it like it didn't seem like the kind of thing that adults talk about So I think it's really important that we actually do remind people that there are reasons that we do this and it works. Absolutely. That's something that I think is really interesting is about these reforms is that the concept is always that, and, you know, it comes from somewhere because it's been historically very difficult to change these kinds of problems, but that the people in charge and the people who have the money and have the power um, have infinite power and there is nothing that can ever influence their decisions Um, outside of what they want but to be fair if all of us have a power to vote and if we have a power to invest in different things and we control even a tiny amount of where our spending goes or our vote goes or where we choose to work or who we choose to call out publicly and this kind of thing eventually with enough people you know having the right moral compass that does have an impact on people at the top and yeah so I think that's really positive and I think you're right the more individuals get encouraged not to act or not to care Um, the easier it is for the people who are getting away with things to get away with them. Um, Whereas actually all of us at some point or other will have a tiny amount of power or be asked to make a decision. And that's when I think we can have really positive impact, even if it seems like a tiny, tiny decision to make. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's so like uplifting to recognise individual agency. But then at the same time, I guess that can be so draining. Like I know ESG, and not to be negative, but I know ESG has been criticised heavily and sustainability I guess purely because it does operate still under 
the capitalist system. So it inevitably promotes more consumerism, like, oh, you've got a plastic toothbrush. Okay, now we're focusing on the climate. Let's buy a bamboo toothbrush instead. Like you'll still ultimately, like even though every like consumers have so much power, like every act of consumption is still contributing to some company's pocket and their profit motive. And it's so easy for corporations like push the onus and responsibility of solving these major issues onto consumers. And there's so much misinformation out there, like H&M, I was saying their conscious line, like they've called it their conscious line. Like it makes you think that it's ethical and like fitting in with these ESG guidelines, but it's not. And it's really hard for consumers, I guess, to do their research and then take that responsibility onto themselves. A hundred percent. It's a bit of a minefield, especially with greenwashing. That's such a massive one. And like the same with garment workers and this kind of thing, um, where they've tapped into the fact that now, I mean, it's kind of a sign that clearly appealing to that is going to bring them more money because that's where we're choosing to, you know, vote with our wallets. But um, it's so true. It's a bit of a minefield trying to avoid what is now just covering things up on the environmental front and kind of difficult for us to be experts in everything and be able to call out these problems. But at least there is a positive in that in some cases, people are working on creating laws to make that illegal, essentially, to lie about your environmental impact. So there are places where it's working and places where it's not. But hopefully things are progressing in the right direction and it takes, you know, a generation of people who will become lawyers and who will become people working in these companies to then change the litigation around it. Um, so hopefully as our generation moves up, we start calling out the greenwashing as well. And there's one thing um, that I found really interesting when I was doing this research actually about that kind of problem. It comes from a, a company called As You Sow, which is basically um, like an investment company that tries to promote ESG for the investors that work with them and also to inform companies on how to rise the challenge. And they have a racial justice initiative where they look into companies who made big declarations after the Black Lives Matter resurgence in 2020, where everyone made big statements of how they're going to totally improve their firm image and their relationship with racism and necessarily didn't necessarily follow that up with anything and essentially the racial justice initiative with as you so is where they've evaluated whether these companies have actually done anything about these claims that they made or these promises and then they've ranked them and made that information public for investors so i think that's like there's now a career to be made maybe in calling out <laughs> greenwashing and the sort of like fake activism that you know companies are still trying to pull i think that's kind um, of exciting in a sense that it's like mm. on our generation like i know that's pressure but at the same yeah. time it's like we're the ones that no i totally agree like massive global change it's yeah. so one of yeah. those examples that people are just like i mean it's just never going to happen is it realistically so it's really nice exciting to see that actually it is it's happening as we speak yeah. well thank you so much for listening to the news podcast thank you annabelle for talking to us as well and we hope you enjoyed it listening next week